0: Thanks for joining us to uh, Sex and Life, a podcast that talks about sex and, and how we interact with it on our, on our daily lives. Uh, with me always is producer Joe. Hey, Eli. Hello, Joe. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. You all excited about Christmas?
1: Reasonably. Nice. We're recording this just before Christmas. Yeah, it's going a lot better now that I have friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with us today is uh, Vivian.
2: Hi there. How are you doing, Vivian? I'm doing quite well, thank you.
0: Excellent. Uh, Vivian is an escort, and uh, she, she's come to talk to us about escorting, and uh, Bill C-36, which is a, a bill that just passed recently, um, that from my understanding, as limited as it is, is actually quite uh, detrimental to uh, professional sex workers, um, and so that's more or less what we're going to be talking about today. Uh Obviously, the first question is, is how did you get into escorting?
2: So, I get get asked this a lot, and um, it's really interesting because it's something I've wanted to do since I understood what, quote-unquote, prostitution was. To me, it sounded just like a great idea. Like, oh, yeah, I'd get paid to do one of my favorite things, which is having sex. Um, Like, I joke that I'm one of those people who was born sexual, that I was, like, born with my finger on my clit. Just always made sense to me. What stopped me because I had an opportunity when I was 20 was I didn't feel attractive enough to Mm -hmm. be an escort at the time. Mm. Um, particularly with a lot of the media representations of what high end escorts and successful people, as opposed to the people who are victimized and, you know, treated like shit look like. So I waited for it. Um, and I took two years to think about the decision. I had a friend who, um, volunteered with me at the same sex positive organization and, they were a sex professional and sort of walked me through how to set myself up and gave me a lot of really helpful advice. And then I had my first paid call with a photographer, actually. It started off as a photography session, like a nude erotic photography session where I was masturbating. So we agreed on a like masturbation performance and they got excited and it progressed. Like we agreed on a higher rate and it progressed further. And I realized at the end of the call that, wow, this is not bad at all. This mm. felt great. I can make a lot of money doing something I really enjoy. And um, so that was last November, so a year ago. And I didn't do anything more until I joined um, what was then an agency and in what is now a collective in April. And I also launched my own indie site, VivianLawrence.com, uh, six months ago. Well, I guess seven at this point. It could
1: actually be eight once this goes up.
2: That's true. I mean, (laughs) anyway, it it has not been that long in terms of escorting time. But, um, yeah, that's essentially how I got started.
1: Does your family
0: know?
2: Um, Some of my family does. So this is interesting. Uh, I've been in porn also on top of escorting. I've been with theartofblowjob.com, thespitmagazine.com, and with Bright Desire with Miss Naughty. So... I get a phone call from my sister, who is 12 and a half years older than me, um, on the first day of my last semester of school, um, saying that my uncle uh, had watched my porn. Um, after watching it, decided to show, decided to show it to my aunt, so then watched it again. And then my aunt, out of concern, shared it with my mother and my sister. Uh, so this was very shocking. My sister reacted very positively. I told her all about porn. Um, I hadn't told her about escorting yet. That came a little later, but I told her I did some pro dom work and some modeling and she was every, she was very supportive. And that kind of marked a changing point in our relationship because we had not had a very close relationship just mm. due to, um, age
1: difference, I would
2: think. Age difference. uh, they had,
1: my, my my brother and I are three years apart, but we couldn't disagree on things more. You're, when you're young and you're in your formative years, so much conflict comes between the two of you. Yeah.
0: Ooh, I, hmm. I have a sister that's three years older as well. Yeah, We don't usually get on very well.
2: Yeah. Well, my sister knows. She was very supportive. I called my brother that same afternoon and told him, hey, look, I'm an escort. This is what I do. And my brother and I are very close. And I loved his answer. He's like, uh like he referred to me as my civilian name obviously because he doesn't know my professional name and he's like you know i'm a feminist (laughs) you can do whatever you want as long as it's healthy and safe and you're enjoying it so i was like i was very happy with that um now my sister is not actually my full sister she's my half sister Mm uh and her father's different than mine and her father um her father essentially uh had two other children and i'm very close with the older child um who I refer to as my sister, even though we're not actually Mm -hmm. related. Uh, I texted them and talked to them and they needed a bit of time to process it, but otherwise they reacted really well. Um, So my siblings have been really, really supportive. My mother, I haven't talked to about this at all. And she knows that I'm at least in porn and she's on my (laughs) Facebook and she sees all of my posts about sex work and she's not stupid. Like she's a really smart woman. So I think she's probably pieced it together. (laughs) And I, like I was touring in Ottawa. I'm from Ottawa and we went and had dinner from them after I had like five calls that day. So I was kind of very dead and I'm pretty sure she knew I was there for that reason. So my father doesn't know. Uh, I don't want my extended family on my mother's side to know. Uh, they're particularly because there's some really good people, but there are also some very intolerant people. So some of my family knows. Some of them have been very supportive. I'm not ready to tell all of them, and yeah. I might never.
0: It's a uh, yeah, family, especially extended family.
1: In my opinion, like you see each other at weddings and funerals.
2: Yeah, and mm-hmm. so why?
1: getting together for Christmas, Easter, and that's it. Yeah.
2: Well, I was really upset because my uncle. I was planning on telling my parents. When I finished school, which was just very recently, I finished three weeks ago and then I paid off my student debt. So,
0: congratulations! Thank you. I was paying off your student debt already.
2: Yeah, it's done. I paid it in one go. Wow. Yeah, I that's basically why I got into like obviously, like I like sex related work, but I got into escorting particularly because I knew it was a way for me to support myself. And now I'm kind of broke because it's Christmas, (laughs) but I am debt free. So,
0: being debt free is. Awesome. Yeah.
2: So I was planning on telling my parents at this point in time when I thought they could see a lot of like why I did this, but my uncle took that away from me. He decided that it was more important for him to tell my parents, like, first of all, for him to not stop watching my porn. That's the disturbing part. If I saw a family member in porn, I would stop watching and I'd be like, oh, good for them. And then I would click on any of the other, so many other options on Art of Blowjob and like jerk off to that. Like, Anyway, he took away my opportunity to tell my parents on my own terms.
0: Did you get pissed off at him?
2: I did. Um, the thing is, I haven't had an opportunity to talk to him about it. The only thing I really did is I deleted him off my Facebook um, and uh the thing is i'm really I really respect my aunt and I really respect my cousin um who's a very sex positive individual. And like my brother, we talked about this when he found out what happened and he's like, no, I'm a feminist as well. And out of concern and respect for them, I haven't done anything which could be detrimental towards my uncle. Mm. Um, And I think the most I would do at this point is I would have a conversation with him and be like, this was very wrong. And it was a huge invasion, not of my privacy, but just of my own sort of sense of, Protection. Control
1: over your decision-making? Well,
2: yeah, control over my decision-making. And, uh, it, like, it's kind of very creepy that you did this. Like, we are related.
1: Yeah,
0: I would and think anything like that, any kind of big news like that, it, it should be up to you to tell people when you're ready.
2: Yeah, and the thing is, I always knew that there were going to be people in my life who would watch my porn, That's or who would know about it, who would see it, like a boss or a friend... <laughs> or, um, you know, a friend's boyfriend or something. I was ready for that. I wasn't ready for a family member to watch my porn and decide to keep watching.
0: At least that's all he did. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Now, is there it, a difference between being a hooker and being an escort?
1: Yes.
2: I,
0: I, I dated an I'm escort gonna, for, gonna for a, a while. I'm going to go and say yes.
2: Yes, there is. It's And
0: she hated it when I called her a hooker. See, that's it.
2: it. There is a difference. It's called self-identification. So a lot of the time, I will say escort when I'm advertising um, my own services because escort sounds fancy and yada, yada, yada. In my personal life, I call myself a happy hooker. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have so many, like, self-jokes because that's a title I feel comfortable with. That's the thing. Anyone who is... Like nobody else has a right to tell a sex worker how they're going to identify, right? So for instance, I really hate when people use the word prostitution or prostitute because it has so much stigma. Hooker to me just sounds like fun and I'm, that's why I'm okay with it. But another person might find hooker really awful and not suited to them. And if they say, hey, this is not something I want to be called, I am an escort, not a hooker. That's fine, and you, like, and we but, just
0: refer to those people as hoes.
2: See, you got to be really careful because "hoes" has a lot of uh, racial connotations. Really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, if they're not a hofo show, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. No, it's, it's, I just wonder how well they do at gardening. See, whenever <laughs> when I hear "hooker" versus "escort," the first thing that pops in my mind is that hooker is going to cost less money.
2: Yeah, and that's another thing. Uh-huh. There's there's so many isms involved in this. There's a lot of classism and racism, um, like. And that's another thing. A lot of us choose our own rates unless we work through an agency, at which point, even then, there's a couple different options based on what we're willing to do Mm. slash how we're perceived. Like, I see myself as sort of like if we're looking at a class system, I'm kind of upper middle class, like I'm I'm comfortable. Mm. Um, That being said, I have a lot of privilege. Like I'm white, I'm able bodied. Um, I have a normatively attractive body in a lot of ways. Um, that being said, I'm not a centerfold model, so I wouldn't no, either... be able it. I like my cheekbones. They're you have, great. You have
0: Beautiful, beautiful cheekbones. Thank you. You're welcome.
2: But I mean, if you're comparing a lot of what you see in, um, like modeling agencies, like for it, like I, there are people who are sort of trophy, like quote unquote trophy wife material who can sort of charge more. Right. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a couple agencies that are based exactly on that concept. It's based more on looks than on quality of service. So there is, like like you said, if you say hooker, the automatic connotation is that you're charging less money. That being said, I call myself a hooker, and I know I charge more than quite a few other escorts, right, who very much label themselves as classy, and it really comes down to a personal choice of how much I think I'm worth. And I've raised my prices twice now. Um,
0: so how do you decide how much you're going to charge? I mean, there has to be some kind of... Uh, uh, bar for you to measure, measure yeah. yourself with.
2: So there's so many factors in that. Um, the first one is a uh, geographical location. Like I'm going to charge more in Toronto than in Montreal because the market is different in Montreal, hmm. right? Also the living expenses in Montreal are generally a little bit cheaper. Um, I found that in Ottawa, it was a little better if I charged a little less and offered fewer services in Toronto, I charge more. Okay. So if I'm, Doing an in-call, I charge a little less than if I'm doing an out-call. In-call is like they come to my space of work. Mm -hmm. Out-call is I go to their hotel. I won't do private residences. Um, And I charge the extra money for an out-call is because I have security on site that I pay. Um, And also transportation. Um, If it's a client I've seen before and I know they're chill, generally I won't bring security for the most part. Um, But still, I like to charge the extra in case I feel like I need to. The other thing is you want to look at what your market looks like, what other people are charging. So the best thing is to look at someone who is similar in style to what you want to be or what you are, figure out what they're charging. Um, and what services you're willing to offer. Like I, before the acronyms changed, um, because now it's illegal for us to advertise sexual services, unless we're advertising our own sexual services. Let's say we're working through an agency. You can't put acronyms anymore, Mm. but there used to be the typical girlfriend experience, uh, which is there's a lot of that in the Toronto market, and it's more of a sensual like it's what you would get from a girlfriend, like a a quickie and stuff like that. I
0: mean, in my experience, uh, as limited as it is, um, I always found when I had clients that wanted the boyfriend experience, it was very therapeutic for them.
2: There's a lot of that, and a lot of what I do is talking. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it, to. Uh, I mean, you go into this profession thinking, okay, this is going to be sex, right? How have you learned to to process uh, uh, their emotions because they're going to get emotional, whereas you need to stay professional? Like, how how does that? How does that work? Yeah.
2: Well, another part of that is a lot of the services I do offer are PSE, which is Porn Star Experience. So, I'll have people who in domination experiences. So I'll have people who fall into different spectrums and before they would communicate with me to let me know what kind of experience they want. And then I can emotionally prepare myself to figure out what they need. Um, and that's, I really like having a good communication and screening process. That way I can understand what they want. Like I'm seeing a client later this week where it's a lot of sex and a lot of kink. Um, but I've also seen someone and like, this past week, where, like, out of two hours, I maybe had, like, half an hour of sex, and the rest of it was conversation and getting to know each other. The The toughest is really, like, I've started seeing um, widowers, and uh, they have a special place in my heart, because I really like seeing them, and I really respect that they come see sex workers, because in a lot of cases, they have children, and their primary responsibility is taking care of those children, and not taking away time from that to go pursue like a legitimate free relationship Mm -hmm. so they can just be purely honest about what they want and what they need. And we can talk. And one of my favorite clients fits into this category and we just, we talk about a lot of things and I think it's just good for him to have someone to have a good time with. Like I think that's just really fit therapeutic for a lot of people is to have access to a fantasy that they want and not worry that they're harming someone and also be able to talk about it. Like I've had a lot of clients who are just so grateful and emotional because, you know, they just had, let's say, anal sex for the first time with me. And they've never been able to do that because, you know, their wife really isn't into it. And it's like, don't even ask. And I mean, if that's something their partner doesn't want to do, they shouldn't have to. And that's why I think sex workers are so integral because a lot of us want to do things that, Many others don't.
1: So. I bet that a lot of the clients that are uh, coming to you for the uh, girlfriend experience are probably more honest with you than they are with the people in their own lives. Oh, Because they yeah. don't feel like it's going to bite them in the ass next time they see you.
2: No, and the thing is, I I don't... If somebody is dishonest about something and pushes for too much, I will never see them again. Like, if they say they want one thing and then they're very much pressuring for another, like, a big thing with that is... Um, like, you'll get a lot of people. Who, well, I've had a few people who have tried to pay me less, bef- like before I offered Greek, which is anal sex, um, who would try <laughs> to buy the least amount. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, who have tried to. I had to work
1: it out for a second. Yeah,
2: <laughs> there you go. Um, who've tried to buy the least amount of time with me at my lower rates and then try and sneak it in. And I've had to correct them and be like, hey, you know, that's not something I'm willing to do for this amount of money. So I, I hate that dynamic. I hate when people and. In- like, I'll, I'll touch on this later, but I just, I really hate that dynamic. And I prepare myself emotionally by communicating with people about what they want before we see each other. Yeah. Like, it might seem a little scripted, but honestly, it builds anticipation. So
1: That's pretty cool. So what's that uh, dynamic, before we lose it, that you said you hate?
2: Um. Okay. I hate when people say they want something, like, really simple. Like, let's say they just, they want... Girlfriend experience, but really they just want a blowjob and then they get there and they want like they'll try and slip into my ass without telling me that is Like and i've actually had that happen where i've said no a few times and they mm-hmm. still just went for it And i'm like, this is really not okay um So I hate the dynamic
0: like, end the session
2: It was already supposed to be over to be honest, but he got banned um from my list as well as the collective I was working through and were sharing his number with, uh, like, other, like, in SP sections of boys yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Because um, the session was supposed to be over anyway. It was, like, they were they were supposed to show up at 2. They showed up at 2.15. And this is happening at 3.09. I'm like, okay, you gotta go. Like, No, so I hate when people say, try and pay you for one thing, or are dishonest about their Desires, and after you say no to a certain thing, they still try and go for it because they're in, they feel they're entitled to it because they've paid you a certain amount. Yeah. So, I generally have like I have a spread, like I have a horny spreadsheet where I keep all of my accounting and I write notes of how well things went. Yeah. And if I will see a client again or not. Uh. And like things when people push for something that I'm not comfortable for, like if they ask for, like. Uncovered penetrative sex. That's a definite. No, yeah. because it's a huge health risk mm-hmm. uh, They get banned <laughs> for sure um, Or if they ask for something that I don't feel comfortable with Like there's a few things that I'm just not comfortable with. Scat. And, yeah, I don't do <laughs> scat
0: for <Poor> me <Malpharme. laughs>
2: Like I mean I if I was paid a lot of money to be the administrator and not the recipient Maybe. But I honestly think that my butthole's too shy. Like, it just... (laughs) It wouldn't cooperate. I'd I'd just be standing there and, like, this is weird.
0: I wish I had asked.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so that's the dynamic I hate. I hate entitlement. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, Has... Being an escort uh, impacted your sex life at all? Like, do you find that you want more sex or do you want less Like, for me, if I'm getting good sex, I want more sex. Mm -hmm. But if I'm having no sex or shitty sexes, why bother?
2: Yes, it has, in fact, uh, impacted my sex life in a few different ways. So the one thing I've noticed is I don't have as much energy for sex in my personal life if I have had, let's see, I've seen like, like when I went to Ottawa, I saw eight people in 48 hours and a few of them were several hour clients so I didn't have sex with my my primary partner at all during that stage. Uh, I gave them a blowjob. That's the thing. Like, sometimes my nether regions will be tired, but I'm never too tired for a blowjob. Um, like, so sometimes I just, especially if it's bad sex, like you are saying, sometimes if you're having a lot of bad sex, it's just not, you aren't craving it. That being said, in my personal life, I've come to understand what I really do love. So although it's, right now I'm caught in the trying to find the work-life balance um, the sex we have is really quite amazing. And I can understand that like, like this is something I would do with this person forever and never ask money for it. Cause it feels very good and it feels very healthy for me. Um, and we try a lot of things that are just specific to us and we are very good about that. Like, I don't do age play where I'm in the submissive role with any other, with any client or any other partner ever particularly because it's near and dear to my heart. And that's a dynamic I share with my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a give and take. Sometimes I'm really horny and I want a lot of sex. And I didn't eat breakfast today because I was having a lot of sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I showed up with food at your door. Um, and other times, if I've had too long of a week, I just, I need some time to just chill. Um, the interesting thing is, I'm in an open relationship and, uh, which is really crucial for what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really helped us work through a lot of issues in terms of jealousy. Um, just cause it's not only am I having sex with a lot of other men, I'm making a lot of money. So it's like those two kind of aspects. We really have to work through that, but we,
0: a lot of men seem to be intimidated by a woman who makes more money than that.
2: Yeah, it's so true. And
0: that, that's never made sense to me because as a former musician, if I didn't have a girlfriend, I was homeless, and and pretty much any job she had would make more money than professional musician at that point in my life. Yeah, yeah.
1: especially well, if the man is raised to believe that the money he makes is what makes him valuable, as yeah. opposed to what he does. Or
2: well, my partner takes a lot of pride in his job, and I think he should. He does an amazing job, and
0: he takes pride in his body too. Right?
2: Eh? Oh, for sure. Oh, he's
0: I I, I know. Vivian's partner, and he's got a great body.
2: Yeah, he definitely does, and he's still...
0: A, a beard that can hide, you know, small birds. Or joints. <laughs> or joints.
2: <laughs> just, just screw it in there.
0: But really, like, he's he's
2: ripped. He is, and he doesn't see it because he uh, he lost a lot of weight. Because since I've been dating him, we're, we're celebrating... We just... We have, like, two different anniversaries. We have the anniversary of the first time we fucked... And the time we decided that we're going to be in an open relationship. So we've been sleeping together for over two years. And we're celebrating two years of relationship in uh, February. Nice. Yeah. So, and, um, it's, they lost a lot of weight in this time, but they, they were a very overweight child and they still don't see how attractive they are to everyone. So, and I get a lot of that too. It's the
0: beard that gets in the way of when he looks down. That's
2: (laughs) That's exactly it. But yeah, um. So with, we've, we've been really good at, we our our communication is so much better since I got into this and we're trying a lot of new taboo things that I've always secretly really wanted to try, but haven't really worked up the courage. The one thing I have noticed is that I haven't had an outside partner for free since early May. Um, and it's not because I don't want to, (laughs) it's, I've never been particularly good at flirting and, um, now that I get paid for sex, I rely on that money to tell me that somebody wants me.
0: <laughs> no,
2: it's it's so true. So, I, like
0: I, having been in the same industry for a, a little while, I completely understand. Because mm-hmm. I, when I had long hair, it was great. Because I have a hard time coming on to women. Like I'll joke and I'll flirt and all that, but I never know if they're being serious or just friendly. Mm-hmm. And but if a girl is playing with my hair. Yeah. I knew I could get her into bed
2: yeah and that's that's the thing but the, with the money it's so blatantly obvious they want me so much they're paying me you know my rent it's great <laughs> um, so but in my personal life um i I actually have had a lot of like a really hard time in trying to figure out if somebody's interested in me or if like I'm chasing after something that's never going to happen yeah. Um, or like, and it's, I'll realize that somebody is hitting on me three days later. Like I was, I was at this, like this event with some friends and there was this really nice young woman and, uh, she was really hot and I was, I was having a really good time talking to her and we were both naked. And I, I realized later that she was totally coming on to me and I was like, shit, like three (laughs) days later, what do I do now? Yeah.
0: I I have no idea when, when someone's flirting with me unless they're very, very, that was a great thing about, uh. Hanging out at the gay cafe I used to hang out at,
1: mm-hmm.
0: because, like I said, I don't pick up on subtlety. Mm, yeah. So they'd walk up and they'd be like, "Hey, Eli, I heard you have a nice dick. Can I suck it?" I'd be like, "I think I'm going to get lucky. <laughs> I,
1: think, I think there's an orgasm in I mean, my it's a Really good yeah. vibration. See, is.
2: so on that note, I would really love if people yeah, it's okay. were blatantly happens. honest with me, like kind, uh, but blatantly honest. That would be <laughs> that would be really nice because I'm I'm so Obtuse in a lot of ways. I have like, so I'm naturally a blonde. I used to hate when people used to make the stupid blonde stereotype jokes, but I, I have a lot of blonde moments. You know, I, <laughs> I derp out so hard. Yeah. So it's been it's been very it's been very positive in a lot of ways. It's also been a little it's been very challenging, but also very beneficial in a long term sense.
0: What's What's the funniest thing you've encountered being an escort? Like there has to be something. I remember right. reading this this book uh, uh, when I was in school. I was taking a, a homosexual literature course. There's a book called, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Ruby Fruit Juice. Or ruby juice fruit, something like that. It was about a, a young lesbian uh, who gets into escorting. Mm-hmm. And there's a guy who likes to, to, I think he was taking the meat out of the middle of a melon and throwing it at her. Or she like, he liked it thrown at him or something. Like something just completely bizarre.
2: I've got two. Um, and they're funny to me. Uh, i do not sure if they translate to other people. All right.
0: We'll see. We're, we're pretty twisted here.
2: So, all right. My favorite one. So I get this call from this gentleman because most of my bookings are either through email or through my private phone. Um, and he's uh, makes this very specific request. He wants to go on a dinner date. Um, and he wants me to go commando, no bras, no panties. And then he wants to go back to my place, uh, for an in call. And like the whole duration is four hours and he wants some anal sex. Right. Um, and I'm like, yeah, sure. That's fine. And, uh, he asks me like some questions just on and off about himself and, uh, so we end the phone conversation, and he doesn't make a booking. And he calls like two or three times like this, and then this past, I guess November, it would have been like the last couple weeks of November, because I was pretty like I was getting stressed out. It's end of term for me, like end of my undergraduate degree, and I'm flipping my shit. Um, and he calls me again, and this time we finally make an arrangement. So it was again same requests. He wants a dinner date with me going no bra, no panties. And he wants to go back and have some anal sex. And uh, he wants it all to be four hours. So I'm like, okay, four hours for me is about $1,000. If it's e-transfer, or if you want to do in cash, it's going to be $900. And my rate, like a lot of other people will charge more. Some other people will charge less. And he's like, okay, that sounds great. Um, I'm like, so what kind of payment works best for you? And he's like, cash, please. I need some extra money for the holidays. And I took a moment and I was like, um, wait a second. So you do realize that you're paying me to have sex with you, right? This is, this is what's going on. He's like, Oh no, no, you're no, it's $900 for me. I thought this is what you wanted. So he directly contacted me (laughs) from my escorting website that has all of my rates that lists me as a sex professional to have me pay him for four hours where we're going to go and have a big dinner and have lots of anal sex with someone who's apparently like, like gifted by God, meaning that he's very endowed. I'm like, this is really not what I want. And he's like, oh, no, like, but you, you said you wanted this. Uh, you said you wanted me in your ass. and like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, yes, I like anal sex. I very much do. But, you know, as I was, like, I, I know I was saying a few minutes ago that, um, you know, I have trouble flirting. But come on, I'm a young, attractive woman. If I want to have anal sex with someone, I generally don't have to pay them. But he's, and I was just or, like. Or look
0: very hard for it.
2: No, like, it's just like. Just c- c- close my eyes, point in some direction. Just, or I just, like, ask my partner, hey, honey, do you want to have some anal tonight? Yeah? Like, no, but it's just insane. And then he was like, oh, well, this is, it's like, well, are you sure? Like, I'm, I'm really gifted. And I'm like, look, no, I am, I'm very sure that I don't want this. Now, please stop contacting me. This is incredibly Like, this has been incredibly alarming and disrespectful, you idiot. And he's like, wow, you're really rude with your clients. Are you always this mean? And I'm like, no, just with you, you idiot. (laughs) fuck off. Like, and the thing is, the entire time, I have, like, the way that I communicate with people is I have a burner app. Now, the burner app itself is free, but you have to pay for credits so that you can have texting or minutes. And the entire time this is going on, I just keep thinking of all the minutes he's costing me. I'm like, this is fucking stupid, giant waste of time. So I, it's funny. I was at a party and I was telling with some other escort friends and stuff, and I was telling them this and they just, they couldn't believe it. They were just, oh, it was, it was ridiculous. Um,
1: how and, little he understands how it works. That's-
2: and like, the thing is, I don't want to, I don't want to create a stigma because you know, there are a lot of people who hire like male sex workers, like a lot of straight women who do. Um
0: wish it, I knew who they were.
2: <laughs> I bet was,
1: yeah.
2: Well, um but the thing is I if I I have thought of hiring a sex worker and it's been like I'm saving up for it. But what I would really want is I would want someone who's into who does couple massages. Like couples erotic massages. Um hey there. Um and I wouldn't, you know, for my first time with a sex worker, I wouldn't book four hours that's a lot of money for what someone is, you don't know, and I gain sexual chemistry from people that I know.
0: And uh, it's, I would imagine I mean, okay, a two-hour meal, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, you go someplace fancy like Pam Danforth or something like that.
1: Hold it. The cat's got to get out of here. Why don't you go see mommy? Yo, come on. Oh, she's actually listening. Go. He. he is actually listening. Kelly! We um we generally have a studio that we record in, but I'm not using it for December.
2: That's okay. Okay, we're
1: okay. good. I plans that are problem. yeah. Don't worry about the plan. Uh, so where were we?
2: You were uh oh the funniest yeah, thing the, about escorts yeah. Um,
0: so yeah, you were at this party and talking to some other escorts. Yeah, thing.
2: and they just they had a laugh. It. It's just like, who is this fucking guy? Oh, it was, yeah, the other, the other kind of funny one is not, it's just funny in that I've never heard of this request before. So I really had to get creative. I wanted a cl- like a client wanted to see me and this was the second time we had seen each other. And I was really suppl- surprised. It's always a really refreshing feeling when you're really attracted to a client. He walked in and he's normally not my type. He's like this, um, clean cut, a fit guy with short, dark hair and like, like piercing green eyes. And he's a little older than I am. And, um, he has the most interesting desires. He has a big mommy fetish, which I love. I love doing, like, I love playing the mean mommy. Cause it's great. Mean mommy's no fun. Mean mommy's a lot of fun. It's, fun, it's, it's nice. just, it's gotta be my fun. Anyway, <laughs> um, so he has this, so we see each other once, and the next time he has this request, he wants to see me as a 1980s aerobic fitness instructor.
0: Like 20-minute workout thing?
2: Yeah, like, like. so I, I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I, get my, I get my garb on, I've got my yoga pants. Did you have a banana clip? No, I didn't. Well, my hair's not long enough for it. No, I guess not. No, but, okay, I did have, I, I did have, like, one of those... Crop tops that were flowy with all the crazy colors and like a crazy colored sports bra and like a sweatband and like nice. I, I even had the leg warmers. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And I I got some. <laughs> I was playing some Donna Summers. We were <laughs> <this> <laughs> going good. So the big thing is he wants to start. So he um wants to start feeling me while I'm stretching and like I'm like okay I can see this, and it progresses and essentially he wants me to tie his balls with a shoelace. Like it has to be my shoelace from my sneakers. And as I'm doing it, he like keeps referring me as like, like he keeps calling me mommy and it finishes. It. <laughs> so fun fact, you can't see this cause, um, we're on radio, but I have a new septum piercing. And at this point it had been like a week and a half that I'd had it, maybe two weeks. Hmm. So I'm giving a blowjob with like the balls that are tied together while dressed in 1980s aerobic fitness stuff on top of my yoga mat with Donna Summers going. And so it finishes in a facial, but, um, he comes straight up my nose. Uh, <laughs> <I see. laughs> like, <Nice. laughs> straight up my nose <laughs> with <laughs> this new septum piercing. <laughs> And I'm like, and I'm like, I look so unsexy right now. Like, like I I don't think he notices because he's in like uh, post orgasmic bliss. But I'm like running around with my like 1980s garbs, cum dripping out of my nose, desperately searching for a Kleenex to try and blow my nose without hurting my new that's piercing. if, If
0: if I ran into a woman who had on like the 80s bicycle shorts. And one of those ripped uh, a sweat yeah shirts and 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 a banana clip definitely banana clip I just I would just blow my load right there. Mm.
2: I'm glad to know it. It's it's a big fetish apparently.
0: You know what? I, during my sexual development, uh, I watched you know uh, a 20 minute workout whenever I could because <laughs> it was sexy in my opinion, and and the majority of women were wearing banana clips, and so that's my big fetish for banana clips because banana clips. that's where my, uh, like a sexual awakening was going on. Mm. But uh,
2: yeah, so that's, that was a, f- a funny mishap and slightly like not painful, just kind of stingy. Yeah. Um,
0: do, do escorts pay taxes? Yes. Like I would think that, you know, trying to gain some kind of uh, validity as as an actual career or anything like that. You want to pay taxes and you want like benefits and that kind of
2: stuff. Okay. So escorting like many other fields, you have to understand most of us do pay taxes, but like any profession, there are some of us that don't, Uh, just like there are some people that file their taxes late, but most of us pay taxes and there's a few different ways of doing it. One is you can file as an independent, like a self-employed independent consultant or, um, like contractor. Mm -hmm. So I'm probably going to be filing under, um, like I'm, first of all, I'm paying someone to do my taxes and that's what a lot of escorts do. And a lot of sex professionals all across the board do is they find an accountant who's sex positive and we pay them. We drive the economy at that time of the year. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that we don't somehow fuck up our taxes and then get the like, yeah, Audit, right? yeah like the revenue agency on our backs so I'm gonna pay this person and we're gonna we have a lot of us save our money that's really crucial is to save your money because escorting comes in cycles sometimes you'll make a shit ton in three days and then some other times you'll have five days where you're on nothing. call you're all ready to go and you get absolutely nothing and sometimes you lose money because you pay for like a back page ad or you pay for a bumper somewhere. And it doesn't pan out or you get a lot of time wasters. So we save. And um, the thing is, it's a cash... For a lot of us, it's cash economy. Quite a few of us take uh, like e-transfers or credit card payments. I take them very rarely. I prefer cash. Um, but if it's for a long session, I'll take a, like a deposit. I need that deposit to know that you're not going to flake out. Yeah. Um, so... Do they get,
0: like a 24-hour cancellation window?
2: And- I My cancellation window is what it like, it's about, I think it's four hours, um, because I get a lot of same day bookings. Um, but, uh, particularly like I, I installed this after I had a five hour out call person cancel on me, like because, during a phone call conversation, cause they got mad at the out call fee. Anyway, so we save, some of us will put our money, like some of the cash aside and we'll use that to pay for everyday living expenses. Yeah. But a lot of the time we'll save, and of that saving, we'll keep a small portion for when tax season comes and we have to pay out. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, there's so many, there's, you could actually file as an adult entertainer. Um, And if you have a burlesque license, you can file as a burlesque, burlesque license is the common term for stripping license in Toronto. Um, So you can file that. And um, there's a lot of different things you can claim. Like, uh, Spock, sex professionals of Canada has an, a very good guide on how to file your taxes. Um, like what you can declare, what you can't, you can declare surgeries if you get them done. Um, like cosmetic. yeah, cosmetic yeah. surgeries. Um, you can declare travel expenses. Like when I toured, I'm going to submit my receipts for that. Um, and, uh, there's so many things you de- you can declare, but
0: you write off condoms. Um, room?
2: actually I get my condoms for free. And I'm actually supplying quite a few people with free condoms uh, to try and increase safety on the job. Um, I'm not going to divulge where I get them from just to protect the identity of my source. Um, but I think they're doing a lot of great for our community. Particularly, it's a matter of public health. If Although there are quite a few public places where you can get free condoms, like Hassle Free Clinic yeah, uh, yeah. and Planned Parenthood. Um, I have to be careful because I'm allergic to latex. Okay. So I get... I specifically bulk order like latex-free condoms for myself. But if I didn't, I could declare those. Um, gloves are another thing that you could declare, like just medical gloves. Yeah. Um, yeah, And if you are working through a collective or an agency, a lot of the time they will, like if they're worth their salt, they will have either, they will have their own accountant and they will help you file your taxes uh, or a financial planner, or they will have a reference to someone Yeah. And you can also look things up, like look things up like this on like through like just through networking, like through knowing people. Um, Yeah. So we a lot of us do file our taxes. Like I'd say the vast majority. It won't be under escorting. A lot of us have. We just file under independent whatever. I'm probably going to file as like someone like a marketing specialist Mm -hmm. because I do have a lot of experience with that. Um, And frankly, I don't think if it's a matter of like If we file their taxes, would the government be more lenient with legalizing sex work? I really don't think it comes down to that because, frankly, um, we already do file our taxes. I think what they're really upset about has nothing to do with revenue and everything to do with um, people in sex work, like sex professionals. For a lot of us, we transgress sex and gender norms. Like, if you refer to Gail Rubin's charmed circle of what sex should be, you know, by very nature, we are not monogamous because we are sleeping with people or providing other people with sexual pleasure through a myriad of different options. Um, But we still make the same amount of money, if not more, than the people who do conform to these norms. So there's this big, huge, like, Anger at us because we can behave "quote unquote" badly or be immoral and still be fine. Now I'm, I'm saying, quite a few of us will be fine. Just like in any under any industry, quite a few of us won't be making on the low, like less money because we're on the lower end of things, and there're different issues surrounding that. But it really comes down to people just don't want peop- like us, like individuals who transgress sexual norms, to be making as much money as them. They, there's a sense of entitlement that they should be. Like allowed to have sex with us for free, or because like,
0: you're saying as being a lower class of person?
2: Well, there's uh, there's sort of a normative kind of g- like moral code that says that yes, we are like if you like, for example, I'm Catholic, right? So because I am Roman, Uh yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> French Catholic. <laughs>
1: I am too. I had to call. I had to call it out. Yeah.
2: It, so because I am a young woman who's having non-marital sex with lots of people, I'm in a lower class and going to go to hell. I'm Catholic. I'm going to hell anyway.
0: But, but look who Mary Magdalene hooked up with.
2: Right? I mean, that's... Jesus. You know, she yeah. hooked up with Jesus, okay? If, so...
0: If, if, if an escort is good enough for Jesus...
2: And it's interesting because there's actually so much backstory in terms of escorts being very influential in the Catholic Church. Like, actually, like, just the church having a stipend every year that goes towards... Um, people who work in there having access to ex- escorts, like brothels and stuff like that. Hmm. Like, I'm not an expert on the history, but you can go back and check. Like, we've been around forever. and But that's essentially Probably it. Because we'll still
1: be around in the future. Oh, yeah. are oldest profession. Yeah.
2: But essentially, we're, we're seen as dirty people. And it's because
1: sexuality is supposed to be sacred. And even if you're not coming from a religious point of view, you're supposed to come from what are you supposed to find value in yourself? Well, it's supposed to be the skills you have and the work you do and uh, the the family that you raise and the sex shouldn't be involved in any of that. You shouldn't be able to make money off of it. It should just be the personal thing.
2: And a lot of people see it as there's a power dynamic when there's money involved and that can be a plus and a minus for someone who is really dependent on that money and will push their own boundaries and mental health in order to get that. That can be tricky and I'm not in a space to judge them. However when I see the money there, there's definitely a dynamic. Like this person is richer than I am. They have more (laughs) power and they are giving me some of that richness. And I get very excited. The money is a turn on for me. Like I love that power dynamic. Suddenly I'm taking part of your power away and now you belong to me. Like that's great. And it's, that's just it by taking money for other people for sex, what a lot of people consider should be free if it's going to be consensual We are gaining power, and that's it. It's a redistribution of power that people are not okay with because people are afraid of giving up their power.
1: I also think um, from uh, the woman's point of view is that equality shouldn't bring sex into it. Equality should be based off everything but that. So when you're able to get so much further ahead in your life because of using your sexuality to your advantage, it almost seems like it's an insult to other women.
2: (laughs) That sounds like it's quoted from sex-negative anti-porn feminism of the 80s um frankly you know what (sighs) i see nothing wrong with getting ahead in my career by having sex with people at all it's something i can do to get ahead wouldn't you is in like as long as it's not putting me in danger like we do so we do everything else to get ahead in our career we'll stay Mm -hmm. late we will do dangerous work we will accept lower pay and do a lot of grunt work for the hope at an opportunity that may happen that may open up
1: yeah, I mean, you haven't even t- mentioned interns they yeah, do all it, that like, they don't even get paid no
2: like uh it, but that's becoming illegal but yeah, like just news. we say we can do anything else and it's still socially acceptable but the moment we have sex to get further suddenly that's bad yeah fuck that i'm sorry uh <laughs> like you're i see You're the
0: head of a corporation you're Robbing and killing thousands of people. Oh, yeah, yep. It's acceptable. Stick a dick in your mouth. Go fuck yourself.
2: It's just like, <laughs> like I love sex. Like I don't always love it. There's some people that I. It's really just kind of annoying. But whatever. Um, but generally, I love sexuality. It has always been something I've wanted to do, and it took me until my third year to switch into sexual diversity studies at U of T but then I powered through that degree in a year and a half. Like it just, nice. Oh, so much coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't see it's, it's just, it's a sex panic. People are afraid of sex, like, cause it's icky and there's so much silence around it. And that's a lot of us escorts are breaking the silence. And that's the problem We're on the front lines of healing a society that is sick of sex. Like they, they just have a very sick approach to sexuality. And yes. yeah,
0: yes. I, I even venture to say that to, it's uh, it's rape politics or rape uh, sexual orientation that happens when boys are younger and it's seen as being okay to be overly aggressive. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we, I, I strongly feel we need to educate against because it's uh, it, it, that whole culture creates a, a, an idea of women still being lesser because it's okay for you to victimize them. Yeah, and I I think that's kind of a whole lot disgusting.
1: We yeah uh, we don't have too too much time left. There was an issue that you brought up at the beginning of the episode. I'm not sure we fully touched on that yet. Can you? Look,
0: there's there's a couple things I want to touch on. Um, one being, I mean, we talked about condoms. Yeah. Right. But what other kind of safety precautions do you take? Okay. You mentioned having safety at your at your in call place. And... Yeah.
2: So safety is really up to the individual worker on what makes them feel good. So if we're talking about a purely physical basis, I use condoms for penetrative things, um, gloves for any kind of hand gestures, stuff like that. Um, all of my toys are condomed and washed very thoroughly. I do not use condoms for oral sex, and that's a risk assessment that I personally chose. Mm-hmm. Um, I get tested every month to month and a half mm-hmm. on the dot, except for HIV testing. You have to do that every three months. Every three, yeah. And I would like to point out that I have a phobia of needles. So I have to combat this every three months. That's
0: funny because I also have a very violent phobia yeah. of needles. Mm-hmm. But when I was uh, in the business, I too was getting tested every three months. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm just for out of pure necessity. Uh, I've become less intimidated by needles.
2: Yeah, and I have to. It, it's getting better. I have to confront this every, like every month and a half um, to three months, and it's it's really difficult. But um, it's a precaution that I need to take. I need to try and try and say is healthy. Um, and I I really hate when people ask me, "Are you clean?" I think that's a fucked up question. Everyone's clean. Just some people have a positive. STI status. And as long as they're managing it properly, you know, they're clean. What kind of stupid gas question is that? It's just like, it's, it it would be a much better question to ask like, Hey, what's your STI status? Just so that I know what precautions we have to take in terms of physical security that goes beyond, um, safer sex supplies. I have security that I hire to be around when I see someone new, um, like they'll be in the building. And also when I'm doing an out call, um, I do safe calls. A lot of us, if it's a first time seeing a client, either five or 10 minutes into a, like a, like a call, we'll have a safe call and make sure we're okay. Um, and I check in as soon as I'm done. Um, I screen my clients. So if I've never seen anyone before, I do one of two things. I ask them from references from other SPs, like service providers. And I check in with those service providers to see their, uh, comments. Um, if they're good, I see them. If they don't have any references. I look up their phone number or their information in the SP sections only. Um, or I'll try and, add, like, I'll send out, like, a bit of, um, like, a question. Mm. Um, and that was really helpful because there was this one client in Ottawa that I had booked that I decided not to see based on some very alarming feedback um, from other SPs. Um, another thing I will do is if they're very new, like I've had a few clients that I've been their first escort experience and that's such a compliment because they'll seek me out and I'm like, Oh yes, great. I'm, I'm opening up this whole new world to you. Um, so essentially what, what I'll do if, if it's that case, I'll I have this new thing where I offer a coffee date. So a coffee date is we meet in a public place for coffee. It's a hundred dollars and coffees on them and, um, we'll talk in this way, it's not like you can, we can talk about our desires openly because we're just two consenting adults. Mm-hmm. It's not advertising. We're just having an open conversation about what we want, seeing if we click. And then if we do, I take that $100 and I put it towards the cost of their next session. Hmm. This isn't, this is expressly for new time clients. Um, because this way I get to understand if they're safe or not for me in a public place. Um,
0: I think you also get a better feel for someone when you meet them face to face. You do. Yeah. And, and, uh, cause yeah, I, I mean, you get into a car or whatever, like you work on the street and you have to have that ability to, to read people.
2: Yeah. And that's another thing I have to say, I work indoors. Like I'm, I do understand my side of privilege and that I can work at a location that is not my private residence and at hotels. Um, And go fairly undetected, but it's, there are a lot of people who have to make those snap judgments and like, if, if we're changing the legal situation so that the clients are criminals, there's so many issues with that because now you're creating a lot of stigma behind people who want to hire sex workers because they could face jail time, like four years of sentencing.
0: And it just could be because and they it, are uh, not very well socialized. Yeah.
2: So they're going to make sure that you, like in some of the really dangerous cases, they're going to make sure that you don't remember them. Yeah. And that you have no way of screening them. Um. Or if you're working, if you're working the streets, you you should really have a good support network to check in with other. And a lot a lot of people do work together. But now it's it's living off the avails. Although it's been decriminalized, apparently isn't fully criminalized because it has to be to a like proportionate rate. Like you could hire security if you're paying them like a proportionate rate, which is incredibly vague. Like what the fuck is that? I don't know. So if, if somebody looks at that and decides that I'm paying them too much, then they can be construed as my pimp. Right. Yeah. So that means it's very isolating and you can't have a booker anymore.
0: So, since we're talking about the law, I mean, you know, this whole bill, uh, C36. Yeah. <clears throat> What's your understanding of that bill?
2: Okay, so the way the laws used to work is that prostitution was never illegal in Canada, it's just the conditions of prostitution were. With the old uh, stipulations in the, in the charter, uh, sorry, in, the, in, our, in our legal system, the way it worked was you could not work indoors in a shared space, which was a body house. You could not live off the avails of prostitution, so you could not hire a security, a driver, or someone who was managing, like a, like a booker, um, and you could not solicit soliciting is still legal. Soliciting is essentially being on the corner of the street. And the the way it's written into law is it's actually seen as a traffic violation because you're slowing people down. And it's seen as a public nuisance in terms of loudness and creating an unsafe environment, which I think is bullshit that it's more important to keep a calm neighborhood than to care for the lives of the feminine presenting in sex work. Like that's stupid. Or the men. Yeah. Or the men. I, yeah, if I'm referring to feminine presenting here, I generally mean, uh, cisgender women or trans women who are sex workers. But I also like, this is just my perspective because I fall within that group, yeah. but there are lots of men in the sex work industry. And for them, it's even like the rates aren't quite as high. No, no. Um, and there's a lot of stigma behind it too. Um, okay. So C36, the way it works now, it is now prostitution has become illegal, not for providers. I'm still not doing anything illegal but for clients. So if a client pays me for sexual service, even though we're consenting, they could face up to a few years in prison. Um, They, it is also illegal to advertising is illegal, but there's a loophole in this. So it is illegal to advertise, but the way that the they're going to enforce this is that they're going to come down on boards like review boards, um but they won't be coming after sex like sex professionals ourselves so like if I'm on my website I can still advertise my sexual services um without fear of penalty right that being said I've taken down my acronyms um now on the board so it's like a lot of the review boards have taken precautions towards this some of them have moved offshore all of them have taken down the acronyms and it's now it's a lot of advertising. Like I advertise myself as a companion. So it's I'm advertise my time, like my time and my required donations. What I hate about this is that there's so much implied. And when there are is implied like when people aren't when people think things are implied, there's a huge problem with consent because you think you're paying for one thing, and then you get there and you expect that thing. And that like, and your provider's like, no, this is not, this is not okay. We never talked about this because you can't talk about it because communication is legal. Yeah. Yeah. Via email. They're going after the online advertising and email now. Like it's illegal to talk about that. It is incredibly dangerous. Like, how are you supposed to establish what you want if you can't talk about it? It's like, you're just supposed to tell telepathically know what, he wants and what you're willing to provide and see if you mesh.
0: Are are there any parts of of, uh, Bill C-36 that actually benefit uh, sex professionals?
2: So I wouldn't say benefit sex professionals, but I would say benefit people who are seeking to exit the sex industry. And I really do think there needs to be exit programs. You know, there are people who are abused and who are in the sex industry against their will, just like there are people who are in agriculture who are overworked and abused and people in construction as well, often undocumented workers who face the same hardships. But, you know, the thing about the sex work is that sex is an easy target. We are visible, right? It's like, it's like pornography. It's visible. It's right there, right? So there's $20 million over five years. And about half of that is going to creating programs to enforce these laws And the other half is going towards organizations that are going to be creating exit programs for people who really want to exit the industry. And I think that's important. I think they're going about it completely the wrong way Um, because it's not addressing what a lot of people don't realize is that forced sex work isn't the cause of oppression. It's a symptom of an oppressive system.
1: Yes.
2: So if you really want to stop forced like human trafficking And there's also stipulations against sex work as a minor, which I think are really important. um, Because, like, I wouldn't have been ready to do this when I was younger. I think it would have been really detrimental to my mental health. Um,
0: but, But, I mean, there are some people, unfortunately, who have no other choice. Yeah,
2: and see, that's the problem. It's a system that led them to having no other choice. It's not the sex work itself. Like... And by taking away the sex work, you're taking away their last chance at making money. You really want to empower a group of people? Don't take away their way of making revenue. Create other ways of making revenue. Maybe you should address the like, chronic systems of poverty that lead to forced, prost- like, forced sex work and drug addictions in communities that really need it. Like For instance, I don't understand why they're not actually devoting more resources going towards to search for the thousands of Aboriginal women who have gone missing. Right? Who have been?
0: C- I could answer that one. It's because they're not white.
2: Oh, that's exactly it. And like, that's another thing. Being in sex work has really come to help me understand how privileged I am because of this.
0: Well, the, the number of younger people who do sex work because, other than that or begging, they really have no other options. Yeah, and, like, and I think I think outreach programs there used to be uh, street outreach services, which I believe has gone under.
2: Yeah, well, I think there should honestly be more street outreach services. There should be more Maggie's, use... right?
0: Maggie's is still Yeah, out, Maggie's
2: right? is still doing that. I know that the 5 on 9 does it as well. Um, and there's quite a few uh, services for LGBTQ uh, homeless youth, but there needs to be more. And it's, in, it's you need to address the structural issues here of unemployment, uh, substance abuse, chronic poverty, and all of these things really have to do with setting people up with equitable systems, like Having access to affordable daycare, having access to free and good quality education, um, you know, having access to decent housing, um, having access to mental health and well-being services at an affordable cost, if not free, having access to good healthcare, like, like, it's we're in Canada. Like, I can't believe like these are always going to be an issues, but I can't believe this is the government's way of addressing a symptom of these. Well, look Over-
0: who's in
2: charge of the government. Ugh. It's fucking How stupid. How sleazy he
0: is. Yeah.
2: I have to say, though, um, so Kathleen Wynne is bringing C-36 under scrutiny, and okay. is m- most likely, like, well, there was an activist campaign that I participated in, it was a letter-writing campaign to Kathleen Wynne as our, our premier to address this, because there's so many issues with the bill. Like, it's downright dangerous, um, It It places all of us in a space of victimization. And I'm sorry, but I'm not a fucking victim. Like, I'm really sorry for a lot of people who are, because they do exist.
1: Yeah. Also, a red flag that uh, was raised a little earlier for me was um, the fact that they're emphasizing the exit program as a positive. Because I feel like if if I were getting out and I were to try to make use of this exit program, I'd probably have to tell people what I did, which can get traced, which might lead to somebody getting in jail.
0: Well, the, the thing is though, Joe, is a lot of these programs, like uh, I was a client and, and a peer worker at uh, SOS Street Outreach Services, mm-hmm. and so the, those are the people who go around, they walk all the strolls, and so hopefully they, over time they get to know everybody. And uh, SOS really helped me with um, getting into youth job programs and housing and all that kind of stuff to, to help me get away from sex work. Should I want to quit
2: mm-hmm. see the, the the other thing is a lot of us don't want to quit, and frankly it shouldn't it should be an option to exit if you want it to, but I think really what needs to happen is more job security from within the sex work industry. We should be left like we should have more resources at our own disposal to create systems where we can have a strong response to an abusive client, right so instead of criminalizing all clients, why not just criminalize the ones who rape us, you know actually maybe listen when we say somebody transgressed our boundaries instead of... Or there's someone dodging the
0: area if you're a street worker.
2: Yeah, or like actually treating us like human beings. Like, Do
0: you, do you get a lot of bullshit from cops?
2: Um, I haven't. Uh, I have a cop friend who is really sex positive and is really great. Um, I have not encountered cops. I've been very lucky, and to be honest, I've only been in the industry since April... And I'm not really in a position where I would face... Like, I was warned that a cop might come see me, but generally what they do is they just make sure that I'm okay, that I haven't been beaten or anything like that when I was at at another agency for one day before I quit. Um, I haven't had any bullshit from cops. I know it happens. And I know Operation Northern Spotlight was a big shit show, um, Mm -hmm. according to someone I work with. I wasn't in the industry when that was a thing. But, like, I know people like me, like who are doing the exact same thing for me have been banned from the States for 10 years because they have a photo in one of their advertisements that showed their face. My face is on my website and I would not be going to the States to work because, um, like in the States it's downright illegal, except for in Nevada and a couple other places, if I'm not wrong, but
0: I know it's legal in Nevada. Yeah. But But what is
2: it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, but even there there's problems. Like they have a barrack system, like the, the workers can't really leave their work like their space of work for long periods of time so really like this bill is just it's it's going in the complete opposite direction the old laws were better a few agencies have closed down completely leaving lots of people without a revenue you know and a lot of clients without a healthy outlet for their sexual and emotional needs you know these are people who sought service from trusted individuals who they no longer have access to because people decided they didn't want to have to deal with C36 bullshit. So they just left in a really, uh, in a really really shitty manner. Yeah. So I really think if the government actually cared about us, for one, $20 million, $20 million over five years is a pittance. Like, what are you going to do with that? Really? Like, <sighs> so first of all, they should increase the amount of revenue. Second of all, they should not criminalize clients. They should make abusive clients criminals. Um, they should criminalize... But I mean,
0: just abuse of anything. Abuse
2: criminals. And there are laws for that elsewhere. Like, there's laws for assault. There's laws for sexual assault. There's laws for harassment. There's laws for bullying. There's so many other laws. We don't need this law. We don't. There should be a law for trafficking minors, or trafficking anyone for that matter. Um, and really, I just think that there should be more employment sort of regulation, but within our own our own channels. I don't think this is something the government should impose on us. I think we should have resources available to us to create systems for a more equitable working environment.
0: So, what can we, you know, the average day citizen yeah. do to help uh defeat slut-shaming and 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 uh uh horphobia, if you will?
2: Okay. Uh you can hire us for one. <laughs> um Okay. So that's one thing. The other thing you can do is, if you're like if you're particularly concerned about this law, write to Kathleen Wynn. There are letter templates available uh, online. Just look up letter template um, Kathleen Wynne C thirty six. There should be one on nikythomas dot uh, Do you have one? Uh, I might have on my phone. I, well, I could send you an email to it. Yeah, that'd be
0: good. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and post it on our site. Yeah. yeah, I'll
2: make so,
1: effort. I'll see if I can post it. It's
2: written from the perspective of someone who is not a sex worker, saying, I am not a sex professional. However, I think these laws are unconstitutional for these reasons. Sign. And you can even sign it and send it electronically. Um, the other thing you can do is if you see people making sex negative and horophobic comments, you can correct them. You can call people out on their bullshit. The same way that we call people out on saying, that's so gay cause it's wrong. You say, Hey, I think you might, you might've meant to say that's so stupid.
0: I, I usually just put those people in, in like their act like they, they're in grade five still.
2: Yeah. And, but the it's, thing is a lot of people just don't know, right? Like I was on my way to dance class. I take pole dancing classes at the brass vixens on top of seduction. Cool. And, um, there was this, there was this outfit in the display and I liked the outfit. It was a little bit raunchy, but I mean, it's seductions, you know. So
0: this—yeah,
2: raunchy, raunchy can be fun. And this this woman and her partner walked by, and she's like, "Oh, I would never wear that. It's so horish." And I, part of me froze over. And what I wanted to do was turn around, and be like, "I think what you meant to say is tasteless. I would never wear that because it is maybe a little too revealing for my tastes." Because you know, a lot of us sex professionals, quote unquote, whores. We appeal to tastes that might not be yours, but they are still valid tastes, right? So, correct people. Also, there's so much media out there, like common popular media, like TV shows, um, that make whores the butter of their joke. Write to them. Tell them that's not okay. Tweet at them.
0: Or all these uh, pimp-positive rap songs.
2: Yeah.
0: For some reason, uh, they've canonized pimps, who are basically thieves and and abusers.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Rapists. Historically, rapists. uh, But we're calling them something cool. Like, when I I lived with my kids, when I lived with my kids, they were forbidden from saying pimping is cool. Anything pimping. You know, or dressing like a pimp, or being a pimp. Because, in in my very humble opinion, I I think...
1: Hashtag opinionated asshole. That's
0: it. I think... uh, Pimps are probably the lowest form of fucking human being.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: See? No argument. No, like I'm, I'm just <laughs> I trying to think that around that. if there's anybody that I would say is lower.
2: Uh, uh, okay, fine. You got I'd that. say people who take advantage of their professional power and money to systematically rape others, uh, and they get away with it, because and they're not in the public side because they're not a pimp. They're yeah. just a stand-up citizen. I think those people are pretty bad. Um, People who create laws like this that are just going to lead to a lot of violence against our community. And I say this as somebody who has experienced some violence, but nowhere near the extent of what a lot of other people will face under this law.
0: Yeah.
2: In terms of combating horophobia, just assess your own biases. Like, you know... I, I I actually had to remind my roommate not to call like she called her like her friend in front of me a whore as an insult, like as a joking insult, and I had to be like, hey, whoa, not cool. And this is someone who's incredibly sex positive, yeah. you know? Also, don't don't judge us for what we do for money. And don't try and tell us how to do our jobs. Like I have an entire, like I have a blog. There's only one long entry on it right now, but it's exactly like how to support a sex worker you love. I think that would be a good resource for a lot of things in terms of how to be a whore positive, um, person. If you love or care for a sex worker, or even if you're just their acquaintance and you don't want to be rude
0: or just because you think it's becoming a better person.
2: Yeah. Like frankly, respect how we make our money. Don't make us feel bad for how much money we make in an hour. I get that all the fucking time. Like Oh, yeah, I wish I could make, like, 300 in an hour. And I'm like, okay, first of all, it's 250 because I have $50 for my space rental. By the way, I also had to wake up three hours earlier to, like, shave my legs, do my hair, put my advertisement up, make sure this guy was legit, you know? Confirm with him, get to the space, make sure it's clean. When
0: I mean, you take all that into account. You're making probably, what, 75 an hour?
2: Probably. And there are some weeks where I make just zero money. Other times, it really pays off, you know?
0: Whereas crane operators, those... Fucking skeezy motherfuckers.
1: The prems of the construction
0: they industry. Make, they 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 make, what, something like 150 an hour? Like, something insane like that. But to get licensed for crane operation, it's insane money. Yeah, and it's... For schooling.
2: Like, frankly, just... If you're upset with how much we make, realize maybe why you're upset. A lot of it is born out of your own fucking insecurity. And jealousy, yeah. Yeah. Um, Did
1: you hear that, Harper? Yeah.
2: And, oh, that's the other thing. Okay. So during the debates so the C36, you see Valerie Scott in, like, you know, in, in, at this table with these other politicians and this one guy's going on about how, you know, it's not respectful to pay someone for sex because you're treating them like a piece of meat and not like a lady. And she's like, so you, so you think it should be free if we, if we want to be treated like a lady? Um, and he's like, yes, there's so many problematic things with this. First of all, What's a lady? What the fuck is a lady? Why are you calling me a lady? I'm a person. And it's like, okay, you're not even treating us like human beings. You're treating us like what you think a proper lady should be. And that's your own idea of what is proper.
0: Yeah, who's forcing your own morals on someone else.
2: Yeah, and why exactly am I being treated as a piece of meat if I'm being paid? In my personal life, before I got into sex work, like right after I broke up for my first long-term relationship. At that time, I only had one male sexual partner and I was getting kind of antsy for some more. And, uh, you know, I hooked up with a few people and frankly, I've been treated a little shitty. Like I've been treated much better overall in sex work than I have in my personal life because my clients know if they give me bullshit, I will never see them again. And I will tell everyone else that they were bullshit. And then they probably will have a lot of hard, like a really hard time finding a provider who mm-hmm. wants to be with them. You know? If you don't respect us, it will bite you in the fucking ass. Like, there is no way around that.
0: But I, I've noticed that. And, I mean, to me, that's very positive. Um, I've noticed uh, on websites like FetLife where there are doms that have taken liberties and, and quite often it seems to me that the... the female community mm-hmm. in there is very supportive about sharing information mm-hmm. and uh, discussing problem people. The only thing I, I find is very seldom do they take any kind of legal route.
2: It's really hard because like a lot of the time people just don't care. There's, it's, it's just true. Like people don't care. It's your whore. It's not rape. Like what are you talking about? And just things like that. Yeah. Like there's, mm-hmm. So it's, and there's a lot of distrust of cops. Like if, for example, if you are assaulted in a body house and then you call the cops, what do you think they're going to be more concerned about? Yeah. Like under the old laws. Or if you were soliciting and you got physically assaulted, who do you think the cop's going to arrest? Yeah. Yeah. If you have one bad client, but the rest of your clients are on your phone and you call a cop because you've been assaulted, what do you think the cop's going to do? You know? oh, we need to find this guy. Can you give us a number? Here, give us your phone. There's their arrest list and you've lost all of your credibility. You know, it's... And that's the biggest thing. Advertising is now illegal. But a lot of our safety boards are through advertising boards. Hmm. So if they try to shut those down, like, it's going to be so much harder for us to communicate through each other, like, to each other. And they're, they're trying to, like, combat trafficking through shutting down advertisement. But that's...
0: It is two different things.
2: It is. It, essentially what Peter McKay is trying to do is he's saying if you take away the demand by, like, making, buying sexual services illegal and by shutting down advertisement, it'll eventually go away. I'm sorry, but this will never go away. Someone will always want sex. Uh, always yeah,
0: always
1: and someone will always pay for sex yeah
2: and it's like we the ways need...
1: people are going to have to go out and get it are going to get worse yeah that's they exactly can't get it. it as excessively as they should and there's going to
2: be more fighting over clients which is going to lead to a race to the bottom um it's just the, this law was clearly made by someone who has never been a sex worker
1: or a client understood sex or is going after the kinds of votes of people who would be against it.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting because Bedford um, threatened to release the names of the people in Parliament who had been with sex workers. And I think they've recently decided not to because it would seriously affect their future. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's a huge amount of hypocrisy. It's like, oh, like we're going to make, it's essentially just, I don't want to have to pay this hot person to have sex with me. I think I should have it for free. That is what this is. They are upset that they are paying for it. That's,
0: if you want free sex, then get the to nuts to go and find free sex. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and like...
0: It's, Charlie Sheen was quoted as saying, I don't pay women for sex, I pay them to leave.
2: Well, you know, I think that's true in the sense of, I won't fuck up someone's life. You know, if someone is married and they come see me, I am discreet. I want to have sex with them, make them feel good. And then, I don't care about their family life. Like, I, I care about what they want to share with me. But... You know, because I'm not doing this for free, I'm doing it for the money. I've got my own life. If let's say I was a secretary and I had strong had developed strong like emo- I'm very much borrowing on a stereotype here and I apologize for this. But like let's say I developed a strong attachment to them and my employment depends on them and we start having an affair. I'm going to be want to be part of their life. You know, it's just a natural for me at least if I'm doing something for free and I clearly understand that this is an emotional investment for me. I want to claim a stake, Mm -hmm. but if someone pays me and my rates, like that's another thing to combat horror stigma, don't try and like get us to barter with you. Like don't try (laughs) and lower our rates for you because we're not going to, I'm sorry. Um, but, um, you know, if somebody pays me handsomely, I've got a lot of freedom of what I can do with that money. You know, I can go treat myself and be treated in a way that I want to be. And I'm not going to interrupt this person's life.
0: Or even make investments to secure your future.
2: Like with them, like I've got my own future, like independent of these people. Like a lot of us have lives. That's what a lot of people forget. We have partners, we have family. You know, we're our own people, we're not victims.
0: Gotta say, it's gonna be interesting seeing what happens with this bill, uh, C36. It'll be interesting to see all the the fighting people out there. If, if we don't get the petition up or the letters sent to to Kathleen Wynne your MP, whatever, uh, find find a way to do it on your own. Uh, we're out of time, so I, I want to thank uh, Vivian for coming on. Yes, thank you so much, and being such a wonderful guest. Thank you and explaining this in in these issues in a way that we can all understand, uh, yeah, so, uh, thank you, and, uh, on behalf of Joe, producer, and myself, uh, we want to thank you for listening, and we'd love to, to hear your feedback. Tweet us at, uh, sex and Life uh, or or come see us on our website sexandlife.com sexandlifepodcast.com com sexandlife podcast sexandlife podcast best thing to do
1: if you uh, want to facilitate the discussion email sexandlife twenty fourteen at gmail we may start up a new email address in twenty fifteen we may <laughs> might we be may, a good but idea but <laughs> I just I'm worried about not being relevant you know <laughs> yeah. okay I'm gonna turn the off button we're gonna we're gonna leave on turning off the off button yeah turning on